0: Improvement or advancement comes in many forms. It can be sudden, dramatic, even revolutionary. And in this episode of The Yarn, we hear from two very clever people with two examples of future gains in the shearing industry. A little later we hear from a wool grower who is creating a digital shearing tally counter Look, that's something you may think isn't broken, but keep an open mind. And we also hear from the driving force behind the prototype sheep delivery unit, an idea that could eliminate the catch and drag of shearing. Welcome to The Yarn, the number one wool industry podcast. I'm Marius Cumming. Does anyone work physically harder than a shearer? We've discussed shearing injuries, robotic shearing, shearer training and the shearer shortage. But have you seen the video on AWI's shearing race delivery project? It's been extremely popular on wool.com, YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. It delivers the sheep tilted backwards right to the shearer on the board from a single race using an automated sheep clamp that swivels and tilts at the touch of a button, effectively removing the catch and the drag from shearing. Now, it's just a prototype, of course, but Glenn Haynes, Executive Officer of the Shearing Contractors Association of Australia, explains how it all started.
1: Yeah, so it, it actually um, it did come about from uh, the various meetings that we've been having over the last two or three years, I suppose, and, and that includes with the guys from AWI. It's, it's a really topic that seems to come up more and more is you know what are we doing to combat the size of the sheep, um you know what the injuries that are coming from the size of the sheep, and, and it all comes from the catch and drag when you, you sort of delve down into it um henry ridge did a lot of work on you know muscle fatigue and things like that uh, with the melbourne uni um but we sort of just keep going back to that catch and drag it seems to be where all the injuries are coming from so it sort of came from there i suppose and then um it's obviously something that I deal with daily with shearers and shearing contractors about the same thing. And then we sort of – Stephen Fain rang up from AWI and, and just said, look, you know, why don't we actually have a go at trying to fix this versus talking about it all the time. And he said, would you like a little project? With, you know, Do you want to try and, and have a go at building something that may um, fix it? So, yeah, I, I sort of put together the, the – a really good crew of shearer trainers that we use for their unique sort of um, areas that they, they specialise in, and you know Shannon Warnes, obviously two-time world champion, and you know won over two hundred and fifty open competitions, and is one of our trainers as well. Um, he's sort of shown in eighteen different countries and on basically every single setup you could ever possibly think of, with uh, race trailers and things like that. Um, and then um, Paul Oster. Um, he's a very experienced shearer trainer right across Australia um, but also he breeds kelpies and he does a lot of training with people um, you know, to fix their yards etc for sheep flow so we, we knew we had to get good sheep flow through the machine if we're going to join a few together um, and then Joshy Snape who's our learner trainer so he, he's all over the pattern that we teach you know it needs to be to the pattern that we teach to the angles where we set the shear up to the down tube etc and the way we put it out the porthole. And, and Wayne Hosey from New South Wales had a big input it as well. Wayne's a really, you know, thinks outside the square. So it was just a great group of guys. Um, we went down to Shannon Warnus, and um, we, we were leaning against the race. You know, we were working out, you know, one with the sheep flow. And we were looking at a manual race um, to sort of take out the catch and drag. But there's still that manual where you're tipping the sheep over and still the, the small drag, it definitely took out a lot of the drag. And Shannon was sort of looking over his race, and you know there was a you know automatic sort of handler down the other end there, and he sort of looked at it three-way draft, and he said, "Oh, you know if they can do that automatic, why can't we have a go at making this automatic and take it out altogether?" And and that's where it started from really. Um, I'm pretty lucky that I'm from an engineering background. Um, my parents had an um, engineering business for around 30 years, um, so I was a fitter and turner originally, and boiler maker. So before I took up shearing, so I sort of yeah, took that to task and put a lot of uh, thought into it. And we, as a group, we drew up a few plans and then took it into the engineers and said, look, you know, this is what we want to do. You know, where do we go from here? And that's pretty much how it started, Maurice.
0: Oh, it sounds like a, a really wonderful mix of skill sets and ideas and, and just pure practicality. Um, do you see this as being a, a part of the incremental gain of making shearing easier and slowly moving towards some sort of automation? I mean, we're all looking for that holy grail, but is this something that is a significant incremental gain? How do you view this development?
1: Yeah, I, I, I do think it is. Um, the, you look at every other industry, really, I mean, whether it's even from you know, the agricultural side of it, I mean... Making little hay bales and, you know, the one bloke standing down the bottom and throwing them up onto a, you know, onto a lift that throws them up onto a, you know, trailer, onto a truck. And then, you know, he stacks the bales and then they pull up at a, you know, a heap and then they throw them all off, you know. And, you know, Meatworks, where they used to lift sides of beef up onto chains and keep pushing them along to the next bloke. All of that stuff's automated now, you know, even fencing. Um, I mean, so many guys have got sheep handlers. It just, you know, if you can make life easier, I think you attract more people to those industries. Um, we look at it a lot with the the guys that are, um, I suppose, you know, we, when we do shearing schools, we get forty percent females normally at shearing schools. Majority of them are excellent, just natural talent um, shearers, but they just battle with getting the the sheep out to the um, to the actual down tube is their battle. But once they've got it there, they're away. Uh, and the same with the older years, you know. like that's their, their main thing is that they sort of say, well, once you get to in your 50s, they just battle to get the sheep out to the, the actual down tube and they start looking for something else. So, you know, anything that's easier is always attracts someone, you know, new entrants to it, I suppose.
0: Indeed. I, I wish you hadn't mentioned the single bales, hay bales. Um, you <laughs> know, having just moved... Quite a few of those for uh, you know for for my wife who loves horses. Oh my goodness! Um, we all know why they're called idiot bricks. So just in terms, <laughs> just in terms of um, the practicality of it, I mean, you've shown a lot of people now. A lot of people have seen the video. Um, what is the feedback you're getting from people? Yeah,
1: look, it's been uh, to be honest it's a hell of a lot more positive than what I thought it was going to be from the outset. I, I sort of did mention to, you know, um, the guys that were developing it, I think the two things the barriers will be up against with anything that happens new in our industry is, is the attitudes of both the grower and the shearer of, you know, how's this going to, well, I'm not going to work on that. How much is it going to cost me, etc. But it, but our, our job was to develop a concept to remove the catch and drag just to make the job easier. Um, and, and, the feedback has been pretty phenomenal, actually, um, of some of the growers that have contacted us, uh, rural franchises, et cetera, that are really interested in it. Um, I think there's a, lot of, you know, it's a, there's a lot of new sheds getting built across the country, and I think that people are looking at, you know, you look down 10 years down the track, they've got bigger sheep. They don't want to reduce the size of the sheep because, I mean, farmers get paid per kilo for everything they do, so, I mean, it doesn't make business sense. Uh, so if they can sort of keep the shearers happy and still keep the size of the animal, I suppose then, then that's probably one of the benefits of it. Um, yeah, so it has been really positive, which, you know, again, was surprising to me. I thought we were going to cop a lot of flack when it came out, same as anything new in our industry.
0: Yes, unfortunately that is the way it is, but it, I suppose that's part of the, um, the part of the getting through the critics and the critical mass of it all. In terms of... Um, the cost, I think looking at sort of a modular unit of around 18,000, um, but uh, is there much of a capacity to retrofit current sheds or is that just going to be too hard?
1: No, I don't think it is. We, we've sort of kept that. We've been pretty mindful of that uh, working with different farmers um, across different states of you know what they would like to see in it and how they sort of see that working. Um, Definitely with the, yeah, Lindsay Broding from the McBride family, he's had a, a really good input from uh, from the beginning because uh, they, they hook up two three-stand crutching trailers and a four-stand crutching trailer all together. So to keep that sheep flow coming through those is is massive. And Lindsay came up some really good ideas of, um, you know, so instead of buying the module, you buy the, the unit on top and you could actually put that on a, a normal shearing board and just... You know, cut the hole out in the in the floor where the um, the chute goes down. Would you have to make adjustments to a, an existing shed? Yes, you would. Um, the same. it better be no different than if you're pulling down all the plants and changing your catching pens, etc. Um, but for a, yeah, it, it can definitely be retrofitted. But I mean, really, you only need a an open shed where you can. Where that's got a cemented floor, and you can just load them off the truck, push them down the back of the shed, and hook them all together, and then hook up the pair and away you go.
0: So in a way, it's easier to start with that uh, um, that fresh slate, I suppose. But in a shed, in a traditional shed that has a where you drag the sheep across the board, as opposed to um, catch and return, um, is that where you probably won't be able to easily put um, this system in? Yeah, so
1: that again, that, that's where you would probably remove the catching pens themselves. And then, then put these on the, the actual board on top of it with the whole unit. You would actually put it on top of that uh, where the catching pens were. So then that leaves the other side of the board open, and the sheep would go out underneath the shed. Or you could do it vice versa. You could put the remove the catching pens. You know, um, lay a new board across the top of the catching pens, and then face the race going to the outside of the shed. And then they could just go straight out the back. You can actually put the unit on top of the existing board. So there is a few options
0: there. Oh, that makes good sense. Well, Glenn, given the amount of interest that's been created here, I suppose there's a couple of questions around um, who owns the intellectual property of this and how fast can you manufacture them? It sounds like um, you're you're going to be pretty busy.
1: Yeah, um, so the intellectual um, property is all all to AWI, so they'll make that available to any manufacturer that wants to pick that up. Um, so they, they are, will own that. So um, as far as, yeah, I mean, we, we're still a bit away from making it into a, something that's commercial. I think, but we've still got some more testing. I mean, we'd like to put, you know, a solid two, two or three weeks, if not more, of shearing through it um, with, the, with obviously a very good shear on it. So we're aiming to do that, you know, once we get into sort of end of October, November um, and got everything, you know, worked out properly with it. We're sort of hoping to just put that in a couple of different sheds locally. And throw a good cheer on that, and just make sure everything's all spot on, and then then away we go.
0: It sounds like it's um yeah it's a it's a really strong first uh, step. Uh, you, you've sort of opened the batting. You're about you're about none for sixty by the sound of it in a in a in a cricket sense. <laughs> you could say that yeah yeah without getting too far ahead of ourselves yeah well but next year for example when um COVID allows things to open up i mean surely uh people are going to want to see this for themselves um is there a plan to manufacture a few and have them around at field days i mean how people are going to be able to see it for themselves in person yeah so that's what
1: awi um intend to do um, they intend to like just manufacture um, perhaps two to three of them put them on the, the back of a truck um, we'll take the, send them around with a, a couple of shearer trainers um, and they'll do basically in shed days with them um, and also yeah hopefully fingers crossed like you said COVID open uh, settles down everything opens up again and we'll be able to take those to field days um, and let people have a look at them there. Uh, but definitely, yeah, that's the plan to take them, put them, um, and, and take them across the states. Um, once we get that all, all up and up and going, so yeah, that is
0: plan, Maris. Yep. Fantastic. Well, Glenn, thank you very much for joining us on the yarn today. Um, once again, uh, you know what a great example of an idea, practicality, technology, innovation, and sort of a can-do attitude. It's uh, it's great to have seen something turn around so quickly.
1: Yep, no, no, it is. No, we're pretty pretty excited about the whole lot, Marius, and yeah, we, we hope people have a bit of an open mind on them. That's something new. Um, but, yeah, come and have a look before you make a
0: decision and um, away you go. Thanks again for your time, Glenn. No, thanks very much, Marius. Glenn Haynes of the Shearing Contractors Association. So another very clever development we could be seeing in shearing sheds is a digital tally counter that counts sheep shorn across time. Now, this is something that has been fostered through the Farmers to Founders business program supported by AWI, and wool grower Scott Leslie is its creator.
2: Well, I actually thought of the idea about 11 years ago. I was on a custom trailer and I dropped my numbers for a run, and I was a bit disappointed. I couldn't see the clock, and uh, I just wondered why I'd flattened off so much, and I just got thinking that if if I could see the time lapse between each sheep, um, I know how I was going. And, uh, yeah, I thought that, yeah, having that data, um, stored in my phone would be just great to check in and see if I'm improving. I tucked the here away for a long time. I mentioned it to friends and they sort of thought, oh, yeah, that's a long, long dream that you probably will never do anything about. And then I was talking to a, a mate of mine, um, Sam Thompson. Um, who's a school teacher in Melbourne he has a keen interest in programming and electronics and about it. So he was pretty keen to give it a go. So I had, I had help then. I had the ability to potentially get a prototype out there. So, um, yeah, from there we, we started building the, um, the tally counter and yeah, um, yeah, have participated in the farmers to ideas program. Um, at the start of the year, and, yeah, our idea is certainly coming along pretty well. We've got proof of concept, and um, we, I know it works. I actually haven't seen it because I haven't been down to Melbourne, but, uh, yeah, we're looking at getting the prototypes out uh, at early next year, so pretty excited about that.
0: So the idea really stemmed from your own personal experience of not getting enough feedback as um, as a shearer or a crutcher in that instance. Uh, so is it a sense that the manual clickers don't give you enough information um, or are not reliable enough?
2: Well, I've had to do a lot of interviewing, Maris. Part of the F2F course was to interview 25 stakeholders of the wool industry and I was directed towards the end to, yeah, don't worry so much about anyone else that's not a shearer. Um, A lot of shearers were certainly not worried that much about the clicker you know, they're pretty good machines. Some people only get three months of them. one guy had 15 years usually out of his, so he's pretty happy with it. Uh, but I, I just think that it, it's a bit like having a weather station in a cropping program. It's just good to have data. Uh, a shearer being able to look at his, um, his count and, you know, how many minutes he's shorn for the year and just to know how many sheep he's shorn, um, you know, would be a good thing just to... You know, they can do whatever they want with it. You know, whether they reckon it's good to go to a, a certain area this year or whether that new technique that the, that the instructor taught them has helped them or that, that those comb can cutters, are they, are they as good as what he was using three months ago or the handpiece? They can just look back and, and just see, um, you know, what's, what's actually happening and also, um, you know, can act as a resume if they want a job with a contractor from a long way away that it doesn't know them or, even some likes that I interviewed, they reckon they've probably shorn a million sheep, and they they don't know for sure, but they would like to. So I think it would be a, it. It certainly wouldn't harm anyone bringing a Bluetooth counter into the wool industry.
0: So is it a uh, is it a a tool for shearers or for wool growers? Who buys it?
2: Well, that's the thing. It, you know, you can do anything with data, and at the start, I thought everyone can use it because. You know, having a live count, you know, might help the farmer because he might know how the shears are going and he better get those sheep in before, you know, start emptying out or, or you know, even people in the industry, um, analysts and whatnot, might be able to tell how many sheep are in certain areas. But really, we've got to take it back to basics and it's all about the shearer. And um we just wanted to, yeah, just give them something new and just something to... um yeah, I guess you know young people as well. They they look for something new uh, um, all the time, and they like data, as you, you see with ASBVs, with young um, sheep farmers. Um, so yeah, we're just going to see how this goes. And um, yeah, currently we've got eleven beta testers, um, willing beta testers. They they still need to be interviewed, but they've filled out a expression of interest sheet. Um, they're from all over the world. Um, some most in Australia, but we've got some. From France and Scotland and America and New Zealand. And, uh, yeah, we're willing to just give this a crack and, uh, yeah, just get um, feedback on what they think. And at the end of the day, we want it designed by shearers and, um, yeah, we want it to be hardy and just hope that they um, are happy with it and it becomes a tool that goes in the toolbox.
0: Sounds like a a really organic way that it grew from an idea that you had and contacts that you had in terms of... uh, uh, the, the electrical engineers and the code writers. So tell us a bit about how your Farmers to Founders sort of journey was. What, how did that all evolve and what happened?
2: Oh, Pretty much, yeah, I had to apply for it and go through interviews. We started out um, just getting a business plan together through a Land Canvas and a customer value proposition. Uh, they're the current business plan or business model that we have. They're easy to read. Uh, from there, we, we just went through a series of webinars, all those, uh, all those sort of things that you need to have, um, to, to get a, a ag tech business off the ground, um, social, uh, marketing digital funnels, value chain mapping, um, pitching, um, that sort of thing. And then you get certain tasks, which they, they call sprints and you have to do that work. So the first one for, for us was to get the, um, interviews happening. So yeah, I actually felt like a bit of a journalist for a while and I changed the way I interviewed over the time I was doing it. I was actually, I actually went out there, um, and they t- taught me to think like this. So I'm, I was trying to find somebody that would undermine our idea and, and to really tell us that the idea wouldn't be a good thing for the, um, hearing industry and, and we pretty much should pull it here. And, and, but I couldn't find that. I, I didn't have, I really didn't have, you know, anyone that said, oh, geez, I'd really love one of those. But I, I did have a few people that were like, yes, I'd certainly give it a try. So, um, that was the interview process. And then we went to, um, other workshops where we learned to make a website and, uh, we learned to make brochures and use just, uh, apps on the internet like Canva, um, Tweet, and those sort of apps that, um, just make having a startup a lot easier. Um, and then from there, yeah, it was pretty much a purchase test. Uh, we used the um, Facebook page of Shearing Global and Shearing Worldwide and yeah, we got some really good feedback and I, I didn't hear anyone that undermined our idea. So our idea is still alive and well.
0: Sounds like it's been a fascinating process, um, becoming sort of a critical thinker of your own business idea and then having the business acumen as well through the farmers to founders and uh being able to interview those stakeholders. Through the a critical eye, what what an interesting thing to go through.
2: Oh, it, it certainly was, and um, I couldn't thank farmers and founders enough. They so, well, I, I haven't probably elaborated on everything they did. Like we had we had access to an IP lawyer just for a, a half an hour session, and we just wanted to make sure we weren't going to end up in a lawsuit or you know something like that by pursuing this idea. Um, we had a our own business coach. I, my business coach was Sarah Nolette. from she's actually from Silicon Valley, the home of innovation. So. It was interesting to just be able to chat to her and, and I actually had a squad of guys that were in agtech, tech and they were from all over Australia and we, we just catch up every couple of weeks and we still do catch up occasionally and just try and hold ourselves accountable and just make, making sure we're all, you know, doing okay because it, it can be a pretty lonely, um, life being an entrepreneur. So yeah, it's good to just meet other, other people that are trying to do the same thing. Our job is just to get this counter. A hardy, tough machine that can just count time elapses, essentially. And, uh, what happens with those time elapses is, is up to them. If they want to know, um, compare themselves to other shearers, if they want to, you know, be able to compare gear, um, compare, I guess, places they've worked or just, you know, challenge themselves against shearers, um, in other countries, uh, yeah, it's, it's endless what, uh, or even, I don't know, this is a long shot, but maybe creating a, an accounting program, you know, potentially that could work. I don't know, but um, we are, well, one idea we, we are going to go forward with is creating a, uh, an automated invoice system, and that's really just for, um, you know, shearers that go out and just shear 20 or 30 sheep at cocky sheds or, you know, blood on ram trailers. They can, you know, hopefully be able to just press a button and email the invoice to the farmer. So, um, you know, it's really, you know, either just making it easier or just more enjoyable. Um, that's, that's what we're aiming at.
0: Sounds quite fascinating. I mean, you initially think there isn't a problem to be solved there, but the more you think about it, the more there are opportunities that stem from this. So the big questions, I suppose, um, really are, when do you hope to have these on the market and what, what's the cost that you're shooting at?
2: Well, that's one thing that, um, yeah, one of the farmers, the standard mentors, he mentioned to us, said, don't make promises that you can't keep. So I would like to think it's going to be towards the end of next year. We certainly have to have a fairly rigorous prototype phase because, um, as I mentioned earlier, first impressions are, are a big thing. So I'd, I'd hope it's towards the end of next year that we're, um, you know, we have these available.
0: And uh, in terms of cost, what are you shooting for there? Oh,
2: yes, well, 150 is roughly around the mark. Um, I think that's reasonable. Um, But that's certainly, well, going to be determined by the cost, I guess. We have to make money out of it. But also what the beta testers say, Um, yeah, we're here to design it for Shearers. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see what they reckon and, um, yeah, their opinion will be highly regarded.
0: And, Scott, what would you say to anyone listening to this that, you know, has that same nagging idea in the back of their mind that, um, you know, they've thought about for years but, just don't know quite how to act on it.
2: Oh, definitely look up farmers defenders and and sign up to that or just contact um, farmers defenders and just have a chat to them. You know that they'll they'll let you know if um, it's a good thing to apply for the course and and if you are in the course, it'll go for a fair while and you, you'll put your idea for a fair few tests and um, yeah, part of the test is actually pitching. You have to do a fair bit of that so. Um, yeah, like, you, you certainly, um, you have a far better idea, um, whether the idea is worth pursuing, um, through doing a farmers to founders. But what I'd just, what I'd say, especially if you're in the wool industry and you've got an idea, um, yeah, definitely contact farmers to founders and just give the hatch program a go.
0: Well, we certainly need new ideas, new thinking and new technology to carry us forward and, and you're very much a part of that. So, Scott, thank you very much for joining us today and, uh, more importantly, all the best for Sheepo. We, we look forward to seeing it uh, in the not-too-distant future.
2: Thanks very much, Mara. Thanks for having me. I'm actually a big fan of this podcast. So, um, yeah, thanks very much for all those podcasts.
0: Well, there you go. Nice words from wool grower Scott Leslie of Sheepo. And time is running out to apply for the Farmers to Founders Hatch Program. If you have a nagging idea like Scott had, head to the website or to wool.com and have a look and apply. So, thanks for your company from me, Marius Cumming. Thanks for having a yarn with us.